So if you ever wonder what I use for my podcast or even my YouTube channel, I'll give you the secret. You ready? Ecamm Live. If you actually need a platform that allows you to add overlays, sounds, fonts, and so much more to your video stream while seamlessly letting you go live on all your favorite social media apps like YouTube and Facebook, look no further. Ecamm Live is the only software that you'll need to upgrade your podcast, music sessions, video tutorials, or even your webcam meetings. It's an all-one platform that's consistently adding great features for their members to offer the absolute best production capabilities. You can actually try out Ecamm Live completely risk-free for 14 days by checking out the episode notes below and click that little link to download it right to your Mac. Have fun, creators. You're just funny. It's funny you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Ladies and gents, what's going on? Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Barato Podcast. Uh, I'm your host here, Tony Barato, and today is a lot of fun. I say that with most of my episodes, but it's because most of them are a lot of fun. And I have on Chris Wood, who is a Taekwondo instructor um, out of the UK. He runs a cool little studio that he's created a, a bunch of content for. And during the pandemic, he had um, the challenge of teaching people virtually. So he used a program uh, that we both use uh, called Ecamm Live. And uh, we talk a little bit about that as well. I'll leave the description or I'll leave the link rather uh, for his page and for the program that we use Ecamm. But Chris and I uh, talk a lot about not just Taekwondo and his teaching abilities and his experience, but also health as a whole, um, you know, health with our youth and the children coming up and uh, their lack thereof. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about the current state of social media, and um, just overall a lot of good stuff, mental health, physical health. We talk about a lot. It's a good conversation. I think you'll get a kick out of it. And uh, without further ado, please help me welcome Chris Wood. Not really. Um, so I work I work full-time. So I've got a full-time job, and then I teach kind of 12 hours a week as well. So that's kind of a pretty no heavy part-time job, plus <laughs> plus like all the admin of the club and running the club. and Sure. Yeah the entrepreneurial flows of that as well because obviously i have ideas and thoughts i want to introduce things and right. those things always seem to take time and yeah just, yeah if i have an idea i'm like yep let's do it and just get it done rather than sit there and kind of hypothesize the idea and think about it and think about it and think about it. i'd rather just do it and test it and if it works great if it doesn't do something else so that's i right. find that's kind of the best way to find out if something works you know the problem is like when you have an idea like that, you can ask 10 people and you might get eight people say, nah, that's a terrible idea. Mm. And then you get two really kind of, um, I don't know, different, different thought processes in their heads, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, that could really work. Right. And you end up, you know, eight people said, no, you think, oh, I'm not going to try it, but actually it's probably the best thing you've ever done. So that's right. It's, uh, yeah. yeah those, little, those little trial and errors. Uh, that's, that's the best way to do things. To try and 100%. Out. 100%. Uh, and you're over in uh, the UK, yeah? Correct, yeah. Uh, how is it over there? Weather and everything good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just literally had the, the best summer we've ever had, I think. It's probably the best way of putting it, yeah. Like, is that right? Temperature's insane, like 40 degrees, um, 37. It's been crazy for us. Like, that's that's Celsius, right? So you Celsius, guys are all yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> that's a chilly cold, summer, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So it's hot for us. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but yeah, it's um. I think it's, it's like thirty. Hot. Yeah, you add you add thirty six, I think, or thirty three, and some change. I don't know. So yeah, you know, and, and uh, I was talking to my buddy uh, who's out in California, and I don't know how we we started having the conversation about metrics and and Fahrenheit and Celsius and all that. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I don't know why everyone else." Oh, it's because I do a lot of ice plunging. That's what it was, and um. You know, for some reason, I was listening to this podcast and automatically I said Celsius. And I said it was interesting because, you know, like if you go ice plunging overseas in Europe, Iceland, you know, where it originated from, and you go with those guys, they go, you know, let's go in freezing water, which is zero. Yeah. But with us, freezing is negative 32. Oh, okay. Which doesn't make any sense. Like, no. It's just so interesting because we always look at people and say they're weird for talking about meters and 
and all that, but it's well known around the world. Like if you go to the Olympics, you know, it's not a foot, uh, a three foot in the pool or six foot in the pool or dive. It's a nine meter dive or a 12 meter dive. You know, it's all meters. Yeah. There is no feet yeah, yeah. or inches or anything. So True. we're the weird ones in America. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause we're, we're, we're kind of weird as well. Cause the rest of Europe, everything's kilometers. Oh, is whereas that right? In, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Whereas England's miles. Uh, so we're miles per hour. Like every every road sign's miles. Oh, um, interesting. And hmm. all the all the distances are yards. Um, whereas even even stranger, really. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah no, <laughs> we maybe. have a real mix. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is strange. Like there's there's a few things that we actually I don't even think there's one thing that every country agrees on. Um, no, you're pretty right. Yeah, except for maybe like the Antarctica Treaty. Aside from that, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't do anything together, which uh, is uh, is very like religion, politics. Like we do everything mm-hmm. different, and it's so weird because it's been going on for so long. You know, we look at like uh, the U.S. I mean, we're you know whatever 1776 or yeah, uh, so 300 years old, right? We're three people old here, but China's mm-hmm. 4,000 years old. Yeah. So it's like we knew that China existed, but we're like, you know, we're just, we're not going to do it that way. That's stupid. Mm. Let's just make up our own thing. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only, the only thing you could say across the board is everyone's adopted currency. Might not mm. be the same currency, but it's currency. That's true. <laughs> that is true. We all agreed on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we all take each other's currency, which I guess is good. Yeah, true. You yeah. know, it would, it would suck that I would... I take my U.S. dollars and I go over to U.K. and you're like, "Yeah, hey, your money's no good here." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. Eh, you just throw that away and you got to buy new stuff here." All right, good. So summer's good. Uh, coaching's good. So if people don't know, I'll I'll do a, a pre-intro before this. But um, what do you teach and how long you been doing it for? What's your background and and all that jazz? Sure. So yeah, uh, in terms of what I teach is Taekwondo. So it's World Taekwondo style. It used to be called WTF until the the terminology of WTF became what the you know what um so they they rebranded to WT so it was the World Taekwondo Federation so that's that's what it was and they've rebranded just to World Taekwondo so there's really across the across the the globe essentially there's World Taekwondo and then there's ITF which is International Taekwondo um and the international one is realistically kind of more more a US thing to be honest um kind of adopted it's two kind of tribes I believe um and one went one way and the other went the other um yeah. and yeah that's kind of how it how it went really so that style which is the Olympic style of Taekwondo mm-hmm. um so kind of what you see in the Olympics is what what also what we're teaching very very bespoke part of the Olympics essentially is just the the sparring part which is the kind of competition the fighting aspect of it whereas kind of the actual martial arts side of it that's probably breaks down into about six different aspects. So we kind of, I, I make sure that my club teaches all, all the aspects rather than just, you get some clubs that will just do the Olympic sparring type of it. Um, because to basically it's quite easy to fill a club up with people. If you say you do Olympic style Taekwondo, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to come to that. That sounds amazing. And all yeah. you do is fight, 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 fight. But I quite like the old traditional part of it as well i suppose it's kind of what i did as to, to learn what i've done so i kind of want to pass that on if that makes sense yeah absolutely so you've been doing it for a while then yeah so i've been i've been practicing uh since i was 13 so coming up oh, wow. what 20 will be 26 years uh, in a few months that i've been i've been training myself um and then i've been teaching for coming up 12 years club's 12 years old uh, next march so yeah 11 and a bit years 11 and a half years very cool. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you do that full time. So it's, it takes up seven days a week of your life, right? Well, I, I run the club full time, but I only actually teach 12 hours a week. And then I've got a full time job that's completely separate from, from Taekwondo. Just, yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, yeah, busy. yeah. Mm, proper <laughs> busy. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not an easy, uh, it's not an easy thing you know, being, not just being a coach, but just in general that Taekwondo in particular and, you know, jujitsu and, you know, MMA as a whole, uh, very similar to like, I used to wrestle, uh, uh, but it, it was interesting when I was in, in that culture, you know, there was wrestling, like high school wrestling that you see, and then there's Greco-Roman and then there's freestyle. So 
not as broad as, uh, you know, Taekwondo, but there's numerous different styles and, and tactics. And yeah. depending on who your coach is and where you go, you know, we, we trained in Appalachian State University, which is in North Carolina, really great wrestling school. And we were there. We did a lot of uh, Greco-Roman and freestyle. But that was the first time I ever did like freestyle wrestling. It's such a complex sport, very similar to, you know, MMA and, and anything that's that physical, that one-on-one. Because yeah. a lot of people kind of, I always get made fun of sometimes when I tell people, oh, I used to wrestle. Well, you didn't play football or you didn't do basketball. Like the team sports, there's no team camaraderie. People don't understand when you're in MMA or wrestling or Taekwondo, it's, that is more of a team sport than you think. And it requires a lot of not just, you know, personal uh, discipline and self-control, but depending on when you're practicing, of course, not when you're actually competing, but when you're practicing, there's an environment that I would relate a lot to like the military or, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like a, it's almost like a camaraderie, right? That everyone, everyone around is sharing, sharing that knowledge and trying to kind of get, well, certainly that's, that's a kind of the, the feeling that I get within the club is almost everyone's trying to kind of pass that knowledge on if they've if they've grasped it you know if you get a higher grade that's kind of grasped certain aspects and within a class they're paired up with someone who's not quite getting a certain thing mm-hmm. you know that's the the kind of i, I see what you mean in, in terms of the teamwork side of it so i could yeah. be you know with another a, another two students the other end of the hall but sure. i know that the people around the one that are struggling are, are all, all kind of trying to explain and trying to give examples or trying to give kind of you know as much help as they can to the ones that are struggling with it if that makes sense so yeah from that perspective sure. even though it's an individual sport like you say you know when you're in a ring and it's just you and the other person yeah 50 of that's mental anyway um that's right you know but yeah, yeah when you're in the when you're in the club learning 100 percent agree yeah, yeah and, and the, the clubs i always loved because you know you would obviously with weight classes, you'd go against uh, a guy that you've been training with all week. And, you know, we'd have like these, these tryouts to see who's the best, just kind of, you know, mucking around. And then literally they'd, you know, we'd kick each other's ass was the, was the goal like Friday, right? You're the lion. I'm trying to kill you. I'm in the Coliseum, like just fighting to the death. And then afterwards we'd bust each other's balls and critique each other and make each other better. And there's something kind of, special and unique in that because there's a switch i feel like in that sport unlike any other sport maybe like our football right like and maybe a little bit of soccer but there's a weird competitive nature in those team sports to where especially if you're a fan or if you're a player you know like for us there's the miami dolphins and the new york jets Mm -hmm. well if i have friends that are jets fans during football season i don't talk to them right it's that it's that serious right but wow. when it came to like wrestling and that one-on-one sport, it was very, during the match, we hated each other. But then afterwards, we're like, if we make each other better, the team is better. And then overall, we can we can yeah. grow. And that's what's unique about, you know, I think those those club levels. Yeah, definitely. 100%. When it comes to coaching, I mean, are you finding it more difficult? Uh, obviously, because of the pandemic, I mean, a lot has happened around the world. Are you finding it more of a challenge to get people into the club, to coach people, to get people motivated? You know, of course... The last two years in particular, I mean, it's been kind of, let's be honest, I mean, it's it's been a good time to sit back and Netflix and chill. You know, a lot of people aren't as active as they used to be, maybe. So are you dealing with that at all? Yeah. So to be honest, uh, I've, I've kind of not, it's not been a challenge. It's been, it's been the opposite, really, which is quite surprising. But kind it's of when, I can't remember when we opened up, I think it was around, must have been April last year that we kind of come out of the the final lockdown we were in Mm. um and kind of ever since then we had i think going into the pandemic we had 92 students right and then the pandemic hit and that was obviously horrendous and within i think six weeks i'd got ecamm and sorted my garage out or garage whatever you guys call it (laughs) i get i get berated for calling it a garage and they're like garage what's a garage (laughs) you mean the garage <laughs> anyway um so i was doing that i was in i was doing the zoom sessions um and probably to be completely honest probably only about 50 percent of take up right because people were either didn't have the space at home uh they didn't have the inclination to do it at home they or they didn't want to kind of put themselves in a uh a kind of vulnerable position where they were on camera and felt uncomfortable it's probably the best way of putting it mm. so there was kind of there's a lot of challenges from that perspective 
Um, and to be fair, looking back now, I wish I kind of pushed it a bit more. Um, and I don't mean pushed it in a pressure way, but I probably could have done some one-to-one calls with the ones that were kind of feeling more nervous about it, if you like, and right. explained it in a better way and kind of made them feel a bit more comfortable. Because to do it on Zoom, obviously they had to have their camera on because otherwise there wasn't really a lot of point. They might as well have just have watched a couple of YouTube videos and followed along because yeah. they're not going to get any coaching. But put your camera on and suddenly a coach is going to start then giving you feedback. So from that perspective, um, hindsight and all, it would have been, I, I definitely should have done that and, and didn't. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, we had, I think, go back to the hall straight away. I think we had 60. So we'd lost 30 students, which is a fair amount of people, really, when you when you think about it. If you had a class of 30, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, some of them over time filtered back, maybe five or 10, something like that. But then this new, complete new wave of just people were just like, oh, it's like, well, no, let's give that a go. It was almost like where people have been locked up and stuffed away for so long. It was like, I'm free. What can we do? Um, <laughs> Yeah. And it was just, yeah, people just seemed to, and I didn't advertise anything. So that was strange as well. Just the amount of kind of inquiries and stuff like that we were getting straight away. And within, within two months of going back to the halls, I was, we were back up to more than 90. Um, so yeah. from that perspective, that, that was okay. Um, in terms of challenging and coaching since coming back, I don't think there's been, there's not been any challenges really. I mean, there were some challenges with what you could do initially in the halls, mm-hmm. um, kind of, there were a lot of restrictions, a lot of rules with, with COVID. Um, so we had like a, a fogging machine and we're, we're cleaning between sessions and things like that. Uh, and people, there was no physical contact. So it was just kind of, you could just do the techniques, um, right. on the pad or, or things like that, but you can do sparring, can do proper self-defense, things like that. So there were those kind of challenges, but they compared to zoom. Right. You know, it was like, yep, don't really matter. You know what I mean? We're back in a back in a room and still kind of that community feel, if that makes sense. So sure. everyone was happy, even though there was some restrictions. So it really wasn't that bad. Um, yeah. And, you know, I noticed that, too, because my background, I think we, we might have talked about this before when we did a, an ECAM uh, chat. But, you know, my background is uh, health and wellness. And, you know, I've been in, in the marketing industry for a long time. But uh, one of my first gigs was a, a personal trainer at a health club. And ever since then, 18, 19 years old, you know, I'm, uh, I'm late thirties now. So I've been passionate about it, uh, ever since then. And of course, wrestling kind of, I think jump started a little bit, gave me defibrillate, but I was just a kid when I wrestled, you know, I, once I got done with camp, I was like, I hit weight during the time. And then when it wasn't on season, I was gorging like a pig, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah. but, but now I'm starting to understand that. And I think as we get older to kind of talk about what maybe happened over there because we're seeing a lot over here as well is for the past two years people have just been on the couch watching tv barely hanging out with friends barely hanging out with family and either consciously or non-consciously we're we're starting to understand that it it affects us like it definitely affects us mentally physically you know and how you get up in the morning maybe you're a little less lethargic when you're active and people, mm-hmm. I think, started realizing that when they were doing nothing for two years and they woke up miserable every day and they can't see friends and they can't see family. They're like, well, something's going on here. Like, what's happening? And then maybe mm-hmm. maybe people are starting to do research on what they're eating and their activity. And if you can't physically go to the gym or can't go to camp or something like that, hopefully people are getting out and walking around. And I think now more than ever, fitness as a whole is starting to kind of get this like big wave, which is exciting. And social media has a lot to do with with of course but um i think people are getting more and more intelligent when it comes to longevity versus like when i was a kid again going back to wrestling and weightlifting i did it just to compete i did it for fun i did it for the camaraderie but now i'm realizing like if i don't do it i feel like shit yeah and <laughs> like if, if i'm not active i don't sleep good and you know i i, I just i ache all over and i, I have like headaches and flu symptoms and you know skin rashes and like my body reacts a very interesting way because i've been doing it for so yeah. long and i think a lot of people are starting to realize that after the pandemic so hopefully people are getting more active and they're doing research on their phones with uh with what they're doing to their body by not doing anything because it's yeah, it could definitely. be detrimental to your longevity longevity yeah a lot a lot of thing we have is kind of i think 
it's a bit of a weird one and probably this goes towards your your kind of background maybe in marketing but a, a lot of the time most obviously every parent that comes and brings their child some i'd say probably 10 percent is just a punt i.e they're just bringing the kid along see what they're like you know mm. it's just another another exercise or, or whatever they can they can try uh another kind of you know it's not dancing it's not gymnastics it's something a bit different it's not swimming it's not football soccer we call it sure. um so you know maybe maybe this is a sport for for their kid right um and they might try their couple of sessions out and they either love it or they're like yeah let's move on and try something else um and that's i'm more than happy when people do that um but it's the ones that kind of have got a pain that are the ones mm. for me that i kind of try and work on the most if that makes sense so and normally it's the parents that have got the pain and the parents have got the guilt so it'll be that the parents of i don't know you might have a little lad eight-year-old tommy or something who's literally they've not done anything with him he's you know he's put on way too much weight for his age um he's left to just do what he wants has like i don't know pudding after dinner every day plays video games Mm-hmm. lives on an ipad watches youtube and that's it right yeah. and then suddenly they're looking and going Ooh, we need to do something about this and all of a sudden it's like the pair it's the parents pushing the kids right that's right um and it's a bit dangerous because like the if it goes well that's great and the kids kind of all happy but if it doesn't and the kids hate it they really start looking and resenting the parents for sending them and you end up with just a kind of vicious cycle and kind of a group of kids in the class that you're like they don't want to be here <laughs> It's really wow. difficult, really difficult. But yeah, that's they're, they're the ones that, yeah, it's quite. And, and at the moment, that's the kind of thing that's happening is where where lockdown was there. There wasn't anything for them to do. Sure. Um, and yeah, that that's the one thing I'm noticing massive. Yeah, no, I could I could definitely uh, relate with that because, you know, again, just being in in the industry, very similar to because working out is uh, and just overall, like going to the gym and doing cardio, like whatever your shtick is, um, it's hard to get in that routine. I think once you get in the routine, it's, it's better. Something extracurricular like you do, which to me is a great benefit mentally and physically, but it's hard for people to understand because I did karate as a kid. And, um, that to me was just huge for my mental health and, and overall, like, uh, my ability to kind of grasp coordination. And I think it really helped me with my wrestling career as well. And, uh, the discipline, I think, when people go into that classroom now versus like when we were kids, maybe it's their attention span. Maybe it's, you know, they don't have that interaction like we used to. Because, you know, I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, what's the difference between you and me as kids versus like the generation now? And you kind of mm-hmm. touch base on it with the iPads and watching YouTube all the time. But I think a lot of it, I would probably say 80% if I had to throw something on there, 80% of it is just kids not going outside and playing hundred percent. You know, like we don't, I I was, I was talking with my buddy that has a kid now that's, I think she's like going to turn four or turn five. And, you know, I'm like, Hey man, what, like, what do you do on the weekend? Cause I'm curious. Cause we're looking to start our own family as well. I'm like, does it get boring? He's like, it's like, nah, we don't, daughter really doesn't like to go out and do anything. I'm like, Oh, so she just like goes outside and plays with friends. No, no, no. Friends come over and we just hang out in the house and we do this. And And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, wait a minute. So she hasn't gone out at that young age. So now she's starting to already adapt like this technology. So when she turns eight or nine or 10 and you try to get her involved in Taekwondo or ballet or whatever, she's like already turned off because for the past four or five years, she's been looking at a device. Why would she go and put on a gi and do this shit? Like what? And that's scary because, you know, I'm worried about being a future father myself one day that my kid's going to be the weirdo that's going to go outside playing with sticks. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's how I'm going to raise him. And, you know, all of his friends are going to be eight years old having phones and saying, Hey, Tony Jr., what are you doing playing with sticks and hanging out in your treehouse? Why don't you come inside and, you know, play video games with us? It's like, you're going to be a weirdo if you're outside playing. And I, I think we're kind of past the point of no return, unfortunately. Don't you think on that? It is scary. I don't think it's past the point of no return, though. I think, but I do think definitely missing out on stuff because, yeah. you know, th- those those times you were out with your friends playing or on your bike and stuff like that, oh, man. you were you were pushing the boundaries every time as well. Yeah. So you, you were out, you were, I don't know, playing football in places you weren't, kicking balls over fences you shouldn't have been, <laughs> climbing over to get the ball back and, you know, the 
the owner comes out shouting and going mad and you know you, you literally those experiences you can't you can't get them watching youtube <laughs> that's right that's right getting <laughs> um, dirty man like fall, mud. falling off your bike you know yeah. running and you know annoying your friends in a social situation and getting into a fight yeah. it's just you know and those silly things right well not even a fight but just even a you know a, a, a shouting match yeah. uh whatever it might be but those experiences those social experiences if you're not having them when you go to you know it's the workplace thing that worries me mm. because they all of those kind of experiences that people have had at that young age are you know adaptable for later on in life so right. i'm noticing that at work personally when you get youngsters coming in and they just don't know how to speak to people properly or mm. they get into an awkward conversation and they just sort of shut down it's like oh i don't know what to do so i'm gonna break down and cry now because right they literally don't know how to they, they to. can't control that emotion because they've never never been put in that situation before and it kind of goes back to that you know I, I don't know what it's like in the usa but um you know here you can't lose at school right everyone gets a medal everyone gets a trophy everyone gets a clap same thing there's here, no yeah. fair it's, it's no first clap. places like yeah. how so well, if there's no losers how 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 do you lose because in life you're gonna lose <laughs> yeah you need to learn how to deal with that and you know some people when they win at the moment they're, they're over the top and yeah it's kind of it's the from the social aspect of it it's, it's just wrong right for sure yeah no so, we we unfortunately the same thing here and i would say uh whatever you have going on over there it's probably worse over here <laughs> if i had to mm. guess only because like you know we we're at this point now where we're um where we're rewarding uh, not just losers and, you know, lack of a better term, I say losers. I don't mean that individual is a loser, but they're not the winner, right? There's a first place yeah. and a second place, second place you lost, you're a loser, right? It's just a word. Um, but I don't mean physically loser. I, I mean, we not only reward that, that you lost, but we also reward being out of shape. And for people that start getting into shape, uh, there's a lot of shame that goes on with that as well. You know, there's like, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Adele over here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. she, well, you know, obviously she's not from here, right? She's from, she's British. Yeah. She's British. Yeah. But <laughs> there was this massive, and I say from here because the only backlash I feel like is from us stupid Americans where right. she started losing weight Yeah, and she got shamed like crazy. And her really? voice, yeah, her voice is the same. Mm. She's she's just as beautiful as she was when she was, you know, a little heavier, not that she was overweight. Same thing with Rebel Wilson as well. Yeah, um, I think, to be fair, I mean, this gets out really bad, but I think Adele definitely was overweight, right? She's done, she's lost a lot of weight. She um, has, yeah. In, and, in all honesty, she's she's she, done, she looks fantastic. She looks great. Um, she looks great. And a lot of people yeah. in the overweight community <laughs> said, Adele, what are you doing? Like, you, you are a hero. Like you were the overweight girl that we looked up to. You can still look up to her, but yeah, yeah. you know, now she's healthy. <laughs> she's not at but, risk of type two diabetes. Like it's a good thing. <laughs> but is that the same people that almost like I know this sounds really bad for me as well, I guess, but you almost get the kind of community of people that are overweight that are like, Oh yeah, I'm overweight and I'm proud. It's like, mm. well, you might be proud, but you're also, like you said, at risk of heart disease, heart attack, and getting diabetes. So you can be proud all you like, but it's not natural. Realistically, it's that's right. either you've got a medical condition of your, you know, your resting metabolism's really low, or you eat a lot. There's <laughs> there's there's no two ways about it. There's yeah. there's only one way it happens. So well, you know, and I look at at people that are overweight, um, they lack discipline because mm -hmm. there's a lot of discipline that is involved. Again, especially here in America, to where you know every every food is processed unless you're on a whole food plant-based diet i mean 99.9 percent .9 of our food is processed and full of chemicals so you really have to be diligent with what you're eating and if you go over a little bit of your diet and you're not eating the right foods you're eating fast food all the time not only is it very easy to gain weight but it's very hard to get rid of it mm. and then as you get older it becomes more and more difficult so this weird gap that we're in to where we're putting overweight models on magazines and we're, you know, Victoria's Secret comes out with the, you know, XXX line. Like it's, you know, and I don't mean the good XXX like porn, like XXX yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah, extra, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like that, 
that to me is like, listen, I mean, they're beautiful in their own right. Someone's going to love you for sure. You're not my type. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean I'm bad. It's just, you know, I'm not into that, right? Now, is everyone like that? Of course not. But at the same time, it has nothing to do with looks or who you are as a person. It has to do when I look at someone that's overweight, I worry for that person, for their health. It has mm. nothing to do with sexuality or if you're attractive or not, because I'm married. I could care less. But as a society, I think we're stuck in this bubble of like, you know, be who you are and embrace who you are. That's true to an extent, but what if who you are is an overweight slob that's at risk of type 2 diabetes and yeah, you're going to lose both yeah. your legs and you're going to make your family depressed because you're that much closer to death. So is who you mm. are the greatest when you're overweight and have diabetes? I mean, you know, this is the thing we have to, these are real conversations I think that, you know, we have to start thinking about because the only way this is going to get better, I think, Chris, is if we go all the way to the end of the spectrum and we realize that it's we went too far and we preached everyone's great for who they are and triple x magazines and you know you're overweight but that's okay and you know we do all these weird things and then we're like uh oh this is bad and then we'll we'll start tearing it back a little bit you know it's like mm. i always kind of think of it like the me too movement you know there was so much outrage and you know there was so many victims in that and eventually there was just so much bullshit as well, right? There's a lot of liars out there and they got proved wrong. Yeah. So true. then they're like, oh, let's, uh, let's bring it back a little bit, you know? And I think that's going to happen with, with this fat shaming and stuff because, you know, you kind of have to, like me, I was overweight before I did wrestling and wrestling got me into shape. And, uh, a lot of it was because my friends made fun of me right. and I think, I thanked them for it. Because if they didn't get me involved in into wrestling and losing weight and being active, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be, you know, in shape and because uh, it's that much harder. Like as you get older, it's it's more and more difficult. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm working that one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so weird because now I'm like I'm training more than I normally do. You know, I'm I'm up to like four days a week now. I'm training. I remember I used to train twice a week for an hour and a half, and I was like jacked, shredded. Mm. I barely watched what I ate, but now I have to like be super diligent. It's a nightmare now, and I'm not even forty yet. Like I'm about to turn forty. It's wow. I've noticed it massively. I think over the for, for me over the, like from a personal perspective over the past two years or two and a half years, I would say now. So I'd say the first I don't know from April 2020 till maybe. September, October that year. So that six month period, right. I think I was probably the fittest I've been in a long time. So I was like teaching in my garage four nights a week, um, nice. like two, two and a half, three hours a night. And it was very different because when you're, when you're coaching, um, you're, you're not physically actively taking part normally. Right. So if I'm in a session, mm. I might do, I don't I, out of the 10 demonstrations that are needed, I might do two of them, sure. but then I'll, I'll pick students to do some of the other ones because it you gives them confidence. Them. It yeah. it puts them puts them into a, a an uncomfortable position when their name gets shouted out. They're like, <gasps> I'm in front of the class. I've got to do, I've got to do it right. I've got to do it right. You know. But also, again, that's a transferable skill to life because later on, you know, when they're in a meeting and they need to speak up, that same feeling that they get when I shouted their name is already coming up. Bang. Okay. But when they've had four years of that. Right. that's it's a controllable feeling they know mm. how to learn they learn how to control that okay it's, it's almost like public speaking i suppose um yeah. which i've never done personally but i think i could probably relate a lot of the the, the type yeah, of the coaching so. that i've done I, I can you know for some reason i can stand in front of 50 students and and talk and you know there's no problem my heart doesn't skip a beat right. whereas if i was if i was invited at work to go and do a conference speech in front of 200 people i'd be bricking it but really <laughs> why you know it's one of them things but yeah. you know those kind of skills are uh, i think are transferable for that for that kind of thing but yeah i think since since we've definitely been back to the to the the, the halls i've my my personal training's gone like low 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 compared to what it was and obviously i'm now two and a half years older and like you're saying about that kind of i'm massively noticing the difference so yeah. i need i need to lose around seven or eight kilos uh, which in pounds is what 2.2 pounds a kilo so yeah. 
maybe 20, 22 pounds, something like that. I, I need to shed realistically. Yeah. And I can see in my camera, my face is massive compared to what it should be. <laughs> it's like just small things like that, right? And well, it's the just, camera adds 10 pounds, Chris. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah. so you yeah, actually right hit your goal like already. 95 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah. Are you doing any resistance training? Are you doing cardio as well? Like what? what's your routine so, when you do have the time? What I do have the time, I like to run. So I normally do, if I go out for a run, I normally do a run on like a lunch hour. I normally try and do, I say I try and do two or three runs a week, but probably getting down to like one or two a week at the minute, um, which is which is no good. Um, and it doesn't help with the heat because in the summer it's like, I love running in the heat, but some where it's been so, so, for us, it's so, so hot. Yeah. Um, it's been really difficult. Uh, so yeah, yeah, from that book. But I normally do like 10, yeah, 10K runs. So, oh, nice. Okay. But, but even that, it's not really, it's not, you know, doing a couple of 10K runs a week. And even I've got some weights in the garage that I, that, that I do, but I'm just not consistent with it. So mm. for me, I need to, I need to get that consistency back. And that's a, and just a me and a time thing. But, yeah. And what about your eating habits? Are you watching what you're eating to maybe lose some weight that way? Or is that? Uh, yeah, you yes be, and no. You could be honest here, Chris. We'll, I, I'm going to we'll be honest. I, if you want, don't you lie to more me. More no, more no, more <laughs> no than yes. I'm going to be honest, yeah, because yeah. I've always, I know I've always, I've been really lucky in my life, right? That I can just, I've always just eaten whatever I want, and it's never ever been an issue, mm. ever. Like I've, like, it's never been an issue. But this past two and a bit years, I'm like, yeah, yeah. there's. Until you hit above 35, man. Once you hit above 35, you're I always I always goof around with my buddies that are younger than me. I'm like, bro, be careful because once you hit 35, your body literally says, Okay, that's it. We're on our yeah, way to got, dying now. <laughs> and yeah, it just like starts like high gear's down. gone to middle gear, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Um I've got I've got like a, a bit of a running joke, right? So I've got I've got a whole wardrobe that I'd love to get back into is probably the best way of putting it. So trousers wise, right? I've got trousers that I used to wear three years ago that I can't even do a button up on, like not even a button. That is that crazy. And I'm just like, mm. I refuse to go out and buy the next size up because that's like giving in. So yeah, I love that. I'm like, no, I'm keeping those and I will get into those again. You'll fit into them. I like that. 100%. Yeah. That, that's a good practice out there for folks. Stop buying new clothes. Fit into the old ones, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, I'm. I if I if I go out and buy new clothes, that's it. I've given in, and I'm going to accept mm. it, and I'm not going to work on getting back down to what I want to be. So, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you: Have you ever tried? Um, have you ever practiced intermittent fasting? No, I've seen a lot of this. Uh, obviously, it's like a. I suppose it's a big thing at the minute, right? Because I see it on Facebook ads all the time. I see it on Instagram ads yeah. constantly now. Um, so it's obviously kind of a. It's not a trend because I know it's been a thing for a long time, but yeah, it's obviously yeah. a current, it's a current thing that's being pushed a lot. Um, right. I don't really know. I don't know a lot about it. If I'm honest, I don't want to kind of just download a load of apps and sign up to things and all sorts. But yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the idea is that you just, you don't eat for a couple of days and then you eat. So there's uh, there's fasting, which is horrible. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're doing and that is where you don't eat a couple of days for a couple of days and you just, Maybe drink water or tea or, you know, infused water, um, you know, like cucumber water, lemon water, things like that. And you could fast for a couple of days. Um, they say it's best, a lot of studies come out, they say it's best to do that at least once a year to cleanse your body full of toxins. But there's just not enough studies out there to to really show that. I mean, even inter intermittent fasting is kind of, it's widely known to have a lot of benefits, but also too, there's a lot of contradicting things because every person is different naturally, just like anything else. It's you know, it's like keto diet is good for one person. That might not be good for another, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I would say intermittent fasting as a whole, the idea in a nutshell is to give your body a break from eating. So, for example, like if you eat dinner at 7 p.m., don't eat anything after 7 p.m., and then have breakfast at 1 p.m. the next day. So you can have, you know, black coffee, you can have water, um, you know, liquids are fine, uh, teas, but don't have any food for uh, 
16 hours essentially. So that okay. that's like a that's a decent size intermittent uh, fasting. Yeah. There's also just you know eight to 10 hours, which you probably do on a daily basis because if you sleep yeah. eight hours, you're you know. But the problem is when we typically eat, or excuse me, when we wake up, we want to like have breakfast and have coffee right away. The idea behind intermittent fasting is your body kind of goes into this mode of not really fight or flight type of thing, but it really goes into this uh, a matter of fact, okay, he's not going to eat for a few more hours, so I need to really, I need to take nutrients from that stored fat that I have and the water that's getting replenished and, you know, I need to, I need to get it through there first and that'll mm. last me for a couple hours, you know, we're, okay. Our culture has been doing intermittent fasting for thousands of years. We just didn't call it that. We just called it starving for a while. But then, you know, studies are starting to come out saying it's it's good to give our intestines a break. And I always tell people, you know, it's like I have my neighbor that's I wrote him up a plan just for shits and gigs where I'm like, you know, try some intermittent fasting. You'll plateau eventually. And now he's at like six months and he plateaued. We lost like 25, 30 pounds of fat. Wow. Um, but the reason that is is because now his portion sizes are a lot less. He's only eating twice a day. Okay. So his caloric intake, though, is the same. So let's say if you're eating, I don't know, 3,000 calories a day and you're working out a lot and you're doing cardio and you're doing 10Ks, you would just now eat 1,500 during that breakfast, lunch, and then 1,500 calories for dinner, and then you would stop eating after 7 or 8 right. p.m. Um, okay. So you're not starving your body because you're still eating the same calories, just the timing. And it takes yeah. your body a, a while to get used to it, but... I, I've I've found great benefits in it personally because I, I was diagnosed with Crohn's a while ago and I'm I realized that my intestines just they don't operate normally. Right. Mm. So giving my intestines kind of a break, because you know, if you think about it, ever since we could eat solid food, let's say you're thirty years old, you know, you've been eating yeah. solid food for twenty seven years, right? Mm. So nonstop three meals a day, twenty seven years. Every six yeah, yeah. every six hours. Nonstop. So your body just doesn't have time to break. And the studies that are come out, which, again, aren't really conclusive fully because it's hard because every person is different. But the studies that do come out say that when your body isn't eating, the only thing it does now is now it's able to repair everything. Yeah, so like preserve. That's correct. Because it's like this is our time. So it's like they they huddle around like, all right, guys. So we only have – I don't know why I did a Donald Trump thing there. That was weird. <laughs> Um, so we only have, listen, it's going to be a huge day. Um, but they, they huddle around and they go, all right, guys, listen, we only have six hours. We got to get to work. So you need to fix this flat tire over here. You need to change this transmission over here. You need to do this. You need that. And your body's just going around fixing everything until we eat again. And then right when we start eating, then the body's breaking down all the foods. It's putting the nutrition, you know, where it needs to go. The amino acids are going to help build the muscle and, you know, all these different things. So, it's really important the longer you break. That's why they say fasting is so great for you for those three, four days of no food is because you literally clean your bowels and your intestines. And that is just, to me, very terrifying. Yeah. But I've heard mm. some great results from it, but I don't know if I could ever do it. That's just. Yeah. I mean, I could easily go a day, right? One day, that's fine. But That's easy. Easily. Yeah. Easily. But it sounds like that in the mean thing you're talking about there realistically skipping a meal so yeah you're skipping a meal late dinner that's right no lunch that's yeah. right and the key to that the key to that meal that first meal is packed full of fruits veggies nothing good shit no breads no sugars no yeah you know because again your body is going to take that and it's going to store it store it yeah. so if it's you know full of fat and sugar it's going to store that versus having protein and you know, vitamins and, and minerals, it's going to distribute the right way. Uh, I will tell yeah. you, though, if you tried intermittent fasting tomorrow, you'll notice immediate difference in your clarity. Mm. Um, day one, you'll you'll be more focused. A lot of people think like around 9 a.m., you know, that day you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I need food. I'm going to be tired. You're like this. You're like, you're hyped up mm. because your body is going in overdrive. It's never done that before. You know, yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't Google too much about it. I would just try it, you know, just yeah. uh, skip a meal and just make sure you're ready to rock and roll. Because there is a lot of, like, bullshit apps and all that oh, stuff yeah. that tries to take advantage. Just like anything else. Like, I'm vegan and there's so much bullshit out there. It's it's hard to be vegan. Mm. 
Yeah, fair enough. Because there's so much crap out there. Mm. But that's with anything, right? Like imagine in, in your industry, it's probably the same way. Like, you know, just coaching as a whole. You know, they're probably like, well, on TikTok, I saw this guy and I could learn from him. Do you oh, yeah, get that? yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I normally get um, I normally get parents that have, you know, oh, on Instagram or on TikTok, I saw uh, these, these Taekwondo instructors teaching these steps and this kicking and this combinations. You should get the kids doing that. I'm like, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, but, you know, they only started six weeks ago, so they haven't got the foundational skills to be able to even remotely do one of those things. But that's mm. brilliant, yeah. <laughs> let's let's try and you know sprint before we can even stand up yeah um so yeah that's basically i get that a lot but yeah it's it's just a it's just education right you just got to educate the parents and you know yeah. realistically and you're talking about parents that are in the nicest possible way should be joining in and eating less themselves that's right <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah and and, yeah. and then of course they always want that you know that um that what, what do they say? The, um, uh, the short term, the short term results for, uh, they want the long term results in the short term. There it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where yeah. they just, they want that quick satisfaction without putting yeah. in the work. It's like, you know, those parents that go in and say, Oh, why don't you do this? He'll get better that way. It's like, what, why don't you teach the class? What do you mean? They're like, we got to take our time here. We got to do the right steps. You know, yeah. but we're we have such short attention spans that we always want yeah. something right away. It's one of the things actually that that stuck during during lockdown really is that the short short memories I think that mm. a lot of the parents have. You know, during during the pandemic, everyone was like, you know, oh, what you're doing is amazing on Zoom and all this sort of stuff, and it's so good that you've kept the club going and that you've you know put on the sessions and. The kids are loving it and stuff like that. Within six weeks of being back in the hall, <laughs> it's like, when are you doing more lessons? Like in a week, like, you know, what, are you going to start carrying on doing like six days again? Are you going to, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing six days. I'm 100% not a chance. I, you know, I'm, th that's one thing I have changed actually. And I've kind of, I've, I've said, look, Friday, Saturday, Sunday now, that's my days. So I'll teach Monday to Thursday and I'll, I fit in as many lessons those days as I can, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday is family time now yeah. because, you know, it's, and it's been, it's been amazing really this past year to have every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where we can plan to do stuff as a family has been epic because prior to that, it was, you know, I used to do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we used to have competitions on a Sunday. So from a family perspective, as a, as a coach, it was, it was tough, really, mm. um, and not not really fair on the family, to be honest. So, yeah, it's um it's been a massive change, but you know it's it seems to work. You get the the odd person that's like, "Oh, do you not do weekends?" I'm like, "No, why would you want to? Why do you want to do an hour on a Saturday, which yeah. then restricts you the rest of your weekend or, or your Saturday? You know, you can't plan to do, go and do stuff. Oh, let's go to the beach, or I'll leave at six in the morning, or I've got mm. a lesson at ten. So I'm not going to be done till 11. So I'm not going to be home till half 11. So we can go at 12. We won't get to the beach yeah. till three. Right. So, you know, yeah, and it's, it's all, like it, with, every, with everything like that, whether it comes to working out or going to a club or, or when, it's all about stickativity and scheduling, you know, stickativity is a word that I, I used to use back in the day, but that pretty much means you gotta, it's sustainability essentially, but it, something you're going to stick to, you know, and to your point, if you have classes on Saturdays, you're not going to go every single Saturday because all the cool things happen on Saturday. You know, that's the beach days. That's the park days. That's the birthday parties. That's the, exactly. you know, you, you want to hold your weekends. And I tell my wife this all the time to where you don't have to work out on the weekends because sometimes she gets caught up and, you know, it's, she wakes up early Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's kind of her day to work out. We have different workout schedules. We have a mirror at home, which it's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's, it's literally a big mirror, but it's uh, an at-home gym on the mirror it links up to your phone uh i've seen i've, yeah. I've seen it on instagram yeah it's radical yeah. man it's, it's really cool especially being a trainer I, I resonate a lot with it because the guys are very um interactive and you could facetime with them or you can you know watch pre-recorded ones and do it but there's kettlebells there's kickboxing there's tai chi there's all types of cool stuff That's cool. um so she'll do it three times a week and you know she struggles right because monday wednesday friday you wake up and 
before work, you try to get motivated, you get out there with your coffee and you, you know, you try to get in the motions and you don't want to do that. So then you're like, oh, let me do the weekends. Well, but the weekends, you're not going to do that every weekend. So, you know, she's in this weird, weird struggle. And I told her, listen, if you go hard during the weekdays, five days a week, really four days a week, I get to take out Friday, four days a week. If you go hard four days a week, now you have three days to not just, you don't want to ruin everything. You didn't have pizza every night. Right. But at the same time, there's, there's a reward aspect to it. And when you go four days a week or three days a week, whatever your routine is, and you go hard and you look at yourself five weeks later, six weeks later, and you start seeing the results, there's certain satisfaction that's involved in that versus trying to figure out, Ooh, every other Saturday or every other Thursday. And, you know, you're not in that routine. You're not having that stickativity. And then eventually six months down the road, a year down the road, you're not seeing results. And you're like, oh, well, you know, Chris's gym doesn't work. Uh, Tony's advice doesn't work. No, man, it's just you haven't stuck it out. you got to get on that routine. And once you do it yeah. and you go hard with it and you stick to it, it's going to be good. you just got to get in that routine first. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's basically like just consistency, right? Realistically. Um, and yeah. compound consistency. And I think that's the, uh, I read a really interesting article actually about, um, about working out. Uh, I, there, there was a, it was, it was quite recent. I don't know. I don't know where I read it. It was on somewhere online, hmm. um, but it, it looked really, really interested. It was basically saying that they'd done a study over 30 days of people that trained the same amount of basically reps or, or not, not even reps or time actually. So people that let's say there was like a group of 30 people, 10 trained one way, 10 trained another way and 10 trained another way. So one with like really hardcore, they did like an hour a day in the gym, right? Hmm. Uh, every single day or two hours a day in the gym it's quite quite a lot um the other group of 10 did uh three days one week and four days another week for a 30-day period Mm. and then the other group did around 15 minutes per day maximum of six reps every and did everything every day and the ones that did that every day saw like nearly one and a half times the results of the ones that did two hours a day in the gym. I, yeah, I think um, I remember reading just, that. Oh, amazing. Very interesting. And, so I'm just like, why yeah. am I not going to my garage and just lifting a dumbbell six times? Because that's <laughs> enough every day. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And it's that compound thing as well. I remember listening to, a, I think there's a, an audio book called The the Compound Effect. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, like, if I just did 10 press-ups a day, right? And this sounds really, really simple, really basic, but... That's 3,650 press-ups a year that over there, blah, blah, didn't do. And mm-hmm. that's just 10 a day. Who can't do 10 press-ups a day? That's right. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I've yeah. just got to stop complaining and going, I've got time. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've got time to do 10 press-ups. I could do 10 press-ups now and then carry on. You know, it's You're just right. like, yeah. Well, just, yeah. you know, and and uh, there's been tons of other studies out there and articles that uh, I've read. And even with my certification, you know, they tell you at first practice, um, to do only body movements, you know, those are squats, jump squats, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups. If you could just do those every single day, whether that's three sets or two sets, whatever you could do, and you do it every single day, you'll get massive results. And parallel to that, even if you just bear crawl, you know, there's mm-hmm. a there's a few fitness trainers that I follow that just did the study of bear crawling for 30 days. Every day they wake up before their coffee they bear crawl for like five minutes. So everywhere. So they'll play with their dog. They're bear, bear crawl in the morning. They'll go up to the couch. They're bear, it's all bear crawl. And their forearms in 30 days get massive. And they have just all around just great obliques. And they start in 30 days seeing really impressive results. And, yeah. you know, I think that goes back to just evolutionarily, like our bodies are meant to be that active. So mm-hmm. all you got to do is give it a defibrillator. You yeah. know, you just have to reactivate the millions of years of whatever is inside of us that will come out yeah. once you once you start being active and you know that's that's very true and you you probably know like when you're at camp you feel that the second you get on the mat like once you start getting the heart rate going there's something in you that's like it wasn't in there an hour ago like mm. right something comes out where it's like ooh this is new like i feel it and once you get in that rhythm ooh it feels good you mm. just got to get in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I see that there's a guy yeah. on YouTube from the UK. That's and right. He, li- he literally, I can't remember his name, but he's 
is it, is quite big, quite big on YouTube. But he's um yeah, the stuff he's like doing and it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy. It's insane. But, and he yeah. does um uh, a lot of uh, what are those circles the with the rope, the tightrope? Oh, Not uh, tightrope, the gymnastics thing. Yeah, the rings, the rings, the rings, ring yeah, rings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but he does a lot of rings too with that. And I'm just like, what he does is, is amazing. And you know, all yeah. that is based off of plyometrics, um, yeah. no weight training, just a lot of body movements and that, that's possible. So there really is no excuse for someone to be active. Um, no, you could just he, do that stuff at home. But if he lived local to you, you would think he was insane. Like, you know, when he was first starting his YouTube channel and he's kind of just out for a walk in a pair of jogging bottoms and literally looks like a gorilla. And you're That's like, right. what are you what doing? You know, you do- <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many but, times he got the cops called on him. I'm curious. Yeah, and it probably. But yeah, um, he's. I'd imagine he's doing very well now because he's definitely got a lot of subs. Um, yeah, I'd ima- yeah. I see he's got like his own courses and everything now. He's doing. He is a YouTube phenomenon. Yeah, man, man, all from crawling. Yeah, <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought it? Who would have thought? That's a lesson out there for everybody. Get outside mm. and crawl. Yeah. Um, but I just realized, man, so I want to be cognizant of your time. So we're at an hour already. So that, that flew by. But uh, Chris Wood, this was good, man. It was good to, to finally catch up with you. We've been trying to do this for, for months now. Um, but uh, I'd love to have you back on again so we could talk shop some more. Uh, yeah, cool. But I know you're a busy guy, so we appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking about what you know and sharing some health and wellness tips. And for anybody out there that Maybe he's interested because uh, I do have worldwide audiences, not so much in UK that I'd like. So maybe you can help me out with that, Chris. I'd love some UK yeah, subs. Yeah. Uh, but where can people find you? What are your social handles? All that jazz. Good question. So on on YouTube, um, I've got uh, I've got a channel, but to be honest, it's uh, it's lacking. It needs a lot of work. But just just literally search for Creative Ways Taekwondo, and that's the name of the channel. So it's also the name of the club. Um, uh, that's pretty much it, to be honest. I don't really have, I mean, from a Facebook perspective, there's Creative Ways Taekwondo on, on as a Facebook page. You could, you could jump on there and, and just hit like or follow on there um, just to see updates of how the club's doing and things like that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, realistically, that's pretty much it. I'm quite a quite a hermit, to be honest, for someone who's jumped on a podcast. Um, <laughs> so kind of, yeah, I don't know. The more, the more I've kind of, it's a bit of a strange one. I thought, right, during the pandemic, I had this kind of, I don't know, epiphany thinking, oh, do you know what? Now I've got Ecamm and I'm using all these camera gear and, you know, mm-hmm. I've worked it all out. I could start a, a, an amazing YouTube channel and all this kind of stuff. But actually the amount of like, I don't know, time and effort that goes into actually having a good channel and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely have not got the time um, to yeah. do that and run a club. I don't think personally. Um, it's a lot of work. And also... It is a lot of work, but yeah. I'm also kind of, I worry about too much about what people think, right? People that are completely irrelevant to me that will just comment on a video or whatever. And I just, yeah, you can't think I'm going to be honest. I just, I just, I just can't, I just don't need it. So yeah. I just figure, yeah, let's not worry. So, well, yeah. if I may make a suggestion and if I was a coach now in 2022, I would do my job like you normally do, but I would um, either set up a tripod and wear a mic or have someone do it for me, obviously, but that, you know, is an extra cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I would do. And then you can either edit it or just post it right up. But I think that is there's a lot of value in that. And a lot of people say, well, that no one's going to watch that. Dude, millions and millions of people watch the Kardashians. Trust me. Mm-hmm. There's smarter things out there. And I think the little speeches that you might do, which I'm imagining just from my experience in, in industries, is those little speeches not just for the kids but i think for p- potential customers and parents that are watching you teach and mm. they look at that and they say you know billy needs that susan could use that motivation mm. and i just think even if you could do little clips here and there it wouldn't take any extra effort for me because you're just doing yeah. your job so yeah. something to think about man because you do have a dope setup there so you got the nice camera and, and the mic you might as well use it get one of those little yeah, road yeah. Lavin, you know, I've already got one, yeah. Rode, Rode Wireless Go, so I could literally just. Oh, um, dude, come yeah. on now. Yeah, no excuse, Chris. Next time I talk right. to you, you better at least put up one episode. And dare I say, if I was you, once you get really good at it, which I think you mm. could be really good at it, 
is once you do those little 10, 20 minute clips and you find something really good and really inspirational, you throw in some inspirational music and you take that little clip and you make that a podcast. Mm. That's what I would do. Because I would love to sit in the sauna or be on a treadmill and either watch it on YouTube or just hear it about you coaching kids and I'm a father and I got a kid. That shit would pump me up. So mm. just my two cents. Yeah, fair play. Ah, cool. Thank you very much. No, dude, Chris. Well, it's, it's, it's again, good seeing you. Um, let's do this again. And um, yeah, thanks for all you do, man. And, and stay safe out in the UK. Thank you very much. Thanks for bringing me on. Absolutely. Take man. care, Tony.